Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Hello Simon, how are you? I'm fine, thank you Jackie. How are you today? I'm good. What have you been doing today? Uh, well, I, um, I came home with a new snare drum. Well, it's an old um, Gretsch uh, wooden one that I got off a mate, photographer Dave Gleave, who was selling it off, got it for a snip. But I'm going to use it on the uh, forthcoming San Pedro recording sessions. Great stuff. And I've also um, been trying out some ear pieces that um, I'm trying out for a company called Flare Music. I've got tinnitus, as I might have told you. They're supposed to help you. So I'm going to try them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the next couple of days when I'm playing with the band and report back to them, people have said, oh, try these earplugs, those earplugs. So they kindly offered, gave me a set of them to try out. So thank you, Flair. Just a little ad there. <laughs> <laughs> and what have you been watching on the telly today? Um, an old episode of Fraser. Oh, do you love Fraser? Yeah, I love him. Um, I religiously... you, no, wait, wait a minute. Do you love Fraser or do you love Niles the most? Well, I love the whole show. I think it's so good. They've got so the script writers in America are just uh, another league, aren't they? Aren't they? Have I know you... they have around like a room full of thirty of them who come up with ideas and jokes. So you're going to get some good ones. But my favourite episode I saw the other day: Fraser and Niles. They go out with the dad to an Italian restaurant, and the dad was from Manchester, of course. He was, wasn't yes, he? Yeah, yes, the yeah. The mafia-like uh, restaurant owner. <laughs> He has an in-house artist who does caricatures. And anyway, they did one of Fraser. <laughs> and he looked like a Neanderthal... Can't even say it. Neanderthal man. Neanderthal man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he wasn't very happy about this. It was just really, really funny. He's got such a big ego. I know a few people like him. If you ever get the chance, or I don't know if you've seen it, where it's just Niles ironing a pair of trousers. <laughs> Have you seen that one? No. It's the greatest bit of comedy. Does he burn them? It starts off, I think he's got... Because you know how particular he is. He always wipes his seat, doesn't he, before he sits down in the cafe. So I think he's either got a thread or he's got something on his trouser. And it's a ten-minute... Ten minute piece. This, <laughs> so he's sat waiting, I think, for Fraser in his in his house. So then he wipes across the trouser to try and get rid of the thread. He thinks there's a mark on it. So then he thinks I'll take them off and and clean it. So he cleans it. Then he thinks, well, I better iron them now. They end up. I think they are on fire. <laughs> I think parts of the flat are on fire. It's oh. the greatest bit of m- mime. It's very good, isn't theater. it? Theatre. Yes. Um, I've burnt a pair of jeans myself in a hotel room and somewhere, they were dead sweating when we got, got back from the gig. They had this uh, lampshade, it was Italy or somewhere. Anyway, put them on top, the jeans, to dry off. I opened the light bulb and dry them. Went out, came home, it's a great big hole, right <laughs> through the legs, both of them. He put his face through. <laughs> I'll have to start calling you Niles. <laughs> <laughs> My first L is the Louder Than Words Fest. Now, there's a website called Louder Than Words. It's run by John Robb, music journalist, member of the Membranes, bass player, singer, lovely guy, good friend of mine. They do a literary festival in the autumn once a year. I hope they have it this year. Oh, in Manchester? Yeah, it's usually in the um, 
Palace Hotel or whatever it's called this week. <laughs> <laughs> where the refu- next to the Palace Theatre. Yes. On the other corner next mm. to where I used to live. I hope they do have it this year, you know, lockdown and everything else. But it's usually October. But I go every year. When my book came out, I did a talk there. And they're really good, really accommodating. There's a lot of interesting people you'll meet. If you're looking to be in a band or whatever, it's a great place to go to, I guarantee you. So you'll meet somebody. And what sort of events do they have on? Well, they have all sorts of authors talking about the books. Last year they had Polystyrene's daughter, uh, Celeste, talking about X-ray specs, doing a film. You know, I don't know if it's a crowdfunder film, they're getting the money together now. She was on last year. Uh, I saw Guy Pratt, the bass player from Madonna, and Michael Jackson, whose dad was in um, Randall and Opkirk Deceased. Wow. Yeah, not not the ghost, the other one. But I did watch <laughs> it, I loved it when I was a kid, that. I, I didn't like all those sort of crime comedy thrillers, you know, the, although I did like the music from The Persuaders. Yeah, what a great theme song that is. That's just the is. best thing. <laughs> John Barry, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I saw a guy, Pratt, and he was, uh, his book's called My Base and Other Animals. And he basically does, like, a stand-up talk about his uh, life and times on the road. And he was talking about his time when, he, when Andy wasn't available to play in the Smiths towards the end of the band's career. And he stepped in and he went to a residential studio down south to rehearse with the band and before they went to America, I think. But I met, I met him back then. Guy Pratt, that is. And he is very good. He played on Like a Virgin, the bass, you know, Madonna's song. And so is it mainly musicians and, the, and their books that he has on at his festival? Yes, mostly. I don't think they're all poets. And like Pete Wiley from Wahi, he was on it. I went, was it last year? I think it might have been. Basically, I went as a, uh, to, to have a listen to a few of the talks that were going on. People out of the slits, uh, Kim Gordon, she's done it very interesting you get a lot of journalists there it's an interesting night i recommend it it goes on over the weekend last time i went i was in the bar having some refreshments in the (laughs) refuge bar there and uh, i saw don powell slade's drummer sat there on his own with a pot of tea in a white linen suit he looked great you know really long hair it doesn't look a lot different from when he did when he was on top of the pops every other week when I, you know, when I was a kid. So I had to go up and say, how are you doing, Don? And we got chatting. What a lovely guy. He's got that humble Midlands sort of accent persona that um, a lot of those guys have got down there. Self-effacing, you know. But he was telling me, um, he was in a car crash in America in the 70s, and I mentioned this in an earlier episode in the Fs, I think, Jim Lee, the bass player's brother, Frank, had to play drums. It was about six months, and he lost his memory, basically, Don. And he says, to this day, when he wakes up, he doesn't know what country he's in, you know, let alone what city or what hotel or whatever, (laughs) because he still goes touring with either Slade 1 or Slade 2, I'm not sure which (laughs) one it is. But he's not very well, so, Don, I I hope you're getting better, mate. I saw it in the news the other day. Anyway, chatting away, and I'm having a, I got waylaid and had to go and see someone in the pub opposite. I think it's called Central Station, right opposite the Refuge Bar in Oxford Street. And I went with Lou, and uh, 
you know how it is when you, you're meeting other people. Oh, do you want a drink? Oh, yeah, da, 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 da. And he said, I'll wait for you, Don said, before we left. And I didn't think he was being, you know, serious. Oh, no. But Lulu, my girlfriend, she said, listen, we better get back in there. He said, he said he'd only be 10 minutes to Don. And sure enough, uh, after about 40 minutes, I went back. And, it, and we, we both walked in into the bar, still there, with his pot of tea, <laughs> on his own. And, and he said, where have you two been? <laughs> Which <laughs> I just thought was great, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Don Powell. I didn't have posters of him on the wall like I did of Mick Tucker, though, from the suite. I was more of a sweet man. Uh, I don't know why. A bit wilder, the sweet, you know. Anything could happen. <laughs> and was he uh, promoting a book? Is yeah. that why he was there? Yeah, he didn't give me a copy. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I'll, I'll read it one day. In fact, if they do this uh, louder than words again this autumn, and I touch wood, they will. I'm going to buy it because I'll have it on sale there. Uh, you can get a lot of books there. Is it all so, just in one area? It's just in one venue? Well, no, it, it's, it, they've got different suites. You know, they rent out for the weekend. And but it's all in the one hotel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very good, very well um, run. As I say, it's a great night out. My next L, it's Liam Gallagher. I've met Liam a few times. I've met Noel a lot more than Liam. But I prefer Liam. What you see is what you get with Liam, and I've always had a great laugh with him. I was on tour with Ian Brown and Noel had just, you know, fallen out with him again. So it's just Liam singing now with the rest of the Oasis lot. And he was great, you know. He is the star. I know uh, he's very clever, you know, at writing old Noel, but without his brother, I don't think he would have got anywhere near the heights that the band did without him. And he's just, uh, you know, another ordinary lad who's done really, really, really well for himself. And uh, good luck to him, and I really like him, he makes me laugh. And I, I remember I was storming about for some reason backstage, it was a festival in, I think was it the Bene Kassim? I was in the right mood and I sort of burst in through the door and he was, hang- you know, he was in our dressing room or I was in theirs. And he went, whoa, 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 easy tiger, easy tiger. <laughs> can't believe Liam Gallagher's calming you down. I know, I know. I must have had a right face on me. <laughs> but uh, I met him the last time was uh, when the Roses played at uh, Barcelona. Oh, wow. And we're staying in this super flash hotel on the front there. And we're by the pool and he's, you know, he's got his shorts on and strutting around and there's this, you know, gorgeous... <laughs> Well, Danish model, you know, blonde, on a sun lounger reading a book on her own, you know, with the cots out. <laughs> He's like, what are you reading, love? <laughs> Any good? <laughs> Great, you know. I don't think she knew who he was. No. <laughs> I once was in the, you know, the V&A. Oh, yeah. Hotel uh, with Liam and Russ Abbott came in. Oh, what and, was he doing? Well, he, was, he must have been staying there for something. Well, I've never seen somebody get so excited as Liam. <laughs> seeing Russ Abbott. Great. And I don't think Russ Abbott knew who he was, but Liam straight over to him. 
Right. Shaking his Straight hand. End. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would not let him alone. How was Ross? Was he happy about it? Do you know that? what? He was professional. Yeah, good. Delighted. Told him, good luck with your career. Good luck with everything you right. do, young man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Liam was over the moon to have met him. But Liam is lovely. He's a lovely lad. Before I met Liam, I was driving down uh, Burnage Lane, I think it is, where they grew up, you know, with the mum and dad. And I was with Steve Hanley out the fall, a bass player. I'm in my golf GTI. But I don't know where we're going, uh, either to Stockport or to Manchester. We were going towards Manchester, and he was walking across the road towards the off-licence. You could see him and said, is that Liam? Yeah, I think it is. So we're going along, and he sort of uh, struts across, and it's one of them where he slowed down as we were approaching, as if to say, come on then, come on. And uh, I just put my foot down and just buzzed past him. I uh, didn't look round, you know, because there's another car coming the other way. But it's pretty funny. But I like his story where he met John McEnroe. Uh, well, it's not a story, it's his uh, imp- interpretation, you know, of John McEnroe's. <laughs> you can't you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious, man. Because <laughs> he met him somewhere, John McEnroe, the tennis player. Must have been a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's your next L? It's Lowell Cream, singer-songwriter from 10CC, one of the greatest bands of the 70s. Kind of experimental in a way, weren't they? And from Stockport? From Stockport, started the band at Strawberry Studios, or it was called something else before that. You need to read Paul Anley's book, Leave the Capital, tell you all about that early history of Strawberry, dead interest in it is. Incredible, it's a good book, that. He was kind of... It was him and uh, Kevin Godley, the drummer, who were a bit more experimental than the other two, Eric Stewart and Graham Goldman. And, they, you know, they eventually split up over musical difference, differences. But what a um, great career. It was only very short. It started off with that Donna single. It's like a do-wop thing. And Rubber Bullets... And, of course, the classic I'm Not In Love, recorded in 75. But I remember watching um, the band doing Rubber Bullets on Top of the Pops. It's one of my earliest memories of that show. I think it was Lol Cream who was right up front on that one. You know, his guitar. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's stuck with me uh, forever there. Do you think it was because they were local as well? Or local you just to think... Manchester, you mean? Yeah. Uh, it might have had something to do with... They're just so different... They really were, weren't they? And there's a lot of prog rock and that about about then, and, you know, Bowie. There's a lot of good stuff in those mid-70s, early to mid-70s. There really was. Yeah, Strawberry Studios, the fall worked in there. I can't remember what we recorded, because we did most of Ben Sinister, or some of it, at Yellow 2, the sister studio, which is like an industrial estate on the other side of the road. I went to have a look for it, actually, the other day. I think I've um, located the building. You know, it is an industrial unit, basically. When 10CC were recording all that stuff, I know they had some very weird methods of recording. And then that um, I'm Not In Love song, number one for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's got 200 vocal takes on it to give it that huge sound, you know, wall of sound. It's really great. And the girl at the end who sings, uh, don't cry, big boys don't cry, is that what she says? 
She was the receptionist <laughs> at Strawberry. One, I think it was on that track. They, they had to make the tape loop, so they've got this great big piece of tape, and it has to go... The, all four band members were in the corner of the studio lo- holding a drumstick up and using that drumstick as a spool for the tape to flow around. Wow. A very innovative band, for sure. And just some great hits, which will, uh, you know, always stick with me. I'm going to put one of them in my... Uh, oh, in the soundtrack? In the soundtrack, actually, Excellent. yeah. My next L is Link Ray, the artist, who, um, when I first joined The Fall, I went round to Mark's house... And the first record he ever put on, and he had a, a proper record deck back then in 86, was Rumble by Link Ray, which is on the, that car advert, you know, set in the desert, compared the, the, the price, whatever, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck with you then. Yeah. That advertising worked. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, that was the first thing he ever played, and uh, I distinctly remember being at Mark's house that afternoon... And it's all the black furniture, and he's with bricks now, so it's quite smart. They've got a lovely kitchen, you know, state-of-the-art hob and everything. Which one of them did the cooking in their house? Um, Mark likes to do a fry-up, and he swore by it. This, you know, cure you of all ills, you know, some greasy bacon. Oh, he's not wrong. <laughs> so what was in his fry-up, can you remember? It would have been... I don't remember him doing eggs, but he'd have tomato, bacon, maybe sausage... A little bit of uh, bread. Fried bread? Yeah, yeah, it would have been with them. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy a fry-up like everyone else now and again. But, yeah, he had a big fish tank in the room there. It was a bubbling away and he was talking. And he's got the scotch out. Yeah, this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to go to America, Simon, you know, in September. <laughs> and uh, great day that was, you know, afternoon. He's playing other stuff, like the Trogs. Uh, wild think, thing. Do you think he was trying to impress you with his... Uh... No, not really. He was just playing it cool and he was sussing me out. You know, see what made me tick. Yeah. Just as I was doing the same to him, of course. And we'd arrange the, you know, the wages, how much I was going to get. And I said to him, you know, you've got to match my um, the money that I'm earning at the canteen for six months in writing. <laughs> Which he did. And uh, as I mentioned before, after six months, it went up for the next uh, 11 years. So So he's a man of his word. He is a man of his word, yeah, yeah. And a fry-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Bricks, uh, they went out a lot. Loved going to town. To ch- uh, Italians, loved Italian food. Loved Italy. In fact, I love Italy now. Um, I first went... Well, went on tour there, but he took me to Venice. I told you this, I yeah. think. Yeah. Pearl City, which is a song, a fall song, Pearl City. In Pearl City! <laughs> which is a Chinese in Chinatown. don't think it's there now. It used to be upstairs, above the Italian. You go up the side, up the stairs. So, yeah, I remember that day very well. And we would have gone to the Woodthorpe after, or the George which is now, you know, a Burger King or whatever, down the road, because I've been uh, having a look round there recently as well. And I went past his old house, and it's, uh, it's a bit sad, really. It's looking a bit dilapidated, if I'm honest. Yeah, but he used to knock on, you know, you'd see the uh, the blinds. You'd hear little muffled noises inside. He was always in, <laughs> when he said he would be. But we had no mobiles then. 
but it would take you about, you'd have to knock on for 10 minutes, or I'd be spying, see who it was. <laughs> and uh, he'd have a gardener there, um, uh, his brother-in-law, you know, basically reporting back. He'd have, his, you know, a couple of days a week doing his roses in the front yard. Who <laughs> eventually came with us on tour, the brother-in-law, Steve, and was in the White Lightning video. And what, what was his role on tour? Uh, he just, uh, no, he, he was in, I remember doing a video shoot and he had a load of biker mates because he was into bikes, Steve, the gardener. So, he, you know, he was like sort of lookout, so you'd get past him. And, and you were in? Well, yeah, but Mark would still double-check. What was Mark so nervous about? He's not spying on people, he's recording them. I don't know, really. What was going on with him? Yeah. Uh, was, he just... very, was he an insecure person? Possibly. Do you think ultimately? He's just, just an artist. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, quite temperamental. I'm not in the mood for this. You know, I'm going. I'm writing. It's going to ruin my flow if uh, you know I let Tom, Dick, or Harry in. So he's quite particular about it. But yeah, if you saw me out there and he was in, he'd answer. So eventually. Yeah. Well, you know, it might have been in his interest <laughs> to let me in at the time. Who knows? The next L is Legends, the nightclub on Princess Street. What a club that was. This is early 80s again, they're playing Thompson Twins and Talking Heads. It was a quadraphonic sound system, best system in town um, at Legends. It really was, the huge bass bins, you could really, really feel it. And they had a lot of uh, lasers. They were one of the first people I remember in Manchester, you know, to have it in a commercial club like that. I think the Mondays film wrote for Luck video there. It's quite an interesting place. I go there with Ian and John a lot there. I think Johnny Mark used to come too, but mostly John and Ian, as I remember it, on a Thursday. And would you, you wouldn't dance or you would dance? Probably wouldn't, no. So you just go into the club? Prop up the bar. Yeah, to have a drink? Yeah. Pretty much. Was it girls dancing round handbags at that time? Yeah, there was girls there, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there were girls there. No, I'm just... There were, there were clubs, and this is why the Hacienda was so good, because the clubs that we had on offer, the lads all stood round the outside drinking, yeah. and the girls all danced with their friends round the handbags. Yeah, it wasn't and, one of them clubs. But then we got the Hacienda that completely yeah. threw the rule book out the window. Yeah, it wasn't like Rotter's. Is that what Rotters was like? Because I never went there. I did once. <laughs> and was it? Did you have to wear shoes and a tie? And was it with that sort of club? Um, yeah, you couldn't get in in trainers. No, but it was rough as hell. You oh, know. was and, it? And, yeah, a bit. You know, just a lot of drunk people. Basically, you didn't get drunk people in the hacienda. You got people having a great time. Yeah, you did. You got lads dancing <clears throat> with girls. You got lads having a laugh. Yeah. Nobody was. There wasn't that horrible. Violent. You know, Aura to the place. Yeah, but no. horrible gangs of lads as well. No. Ch chatting up girls and, you know, that awful... No. They all used to wear slip-ons and white socks in rotters, as I remember it. And, uh, you know, slacks. And was that a good look? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, who am I to say? <laughs> in <of> fashion. <laughs> and what were you wearing, do you think, when you were going to uh, I Legends? Was wearing, well, uh, Johnson's of London clothes. Leather jackets, brothel creepers, flat top haircuts. Thinking uh, you're looking the business. 
<laughs> Probably looks all right, Dave. <laughs> but either way, I've, I've, I've got great memories of that. Used to go to one called, um, is it Lilo Lills? <laughs> Lilo Lills? Do you remember next to DeVell's? No. There's um, St Albert Square. They had a, one of them horse, you know, bucking bronco, where you put the money in. <laughs> Pink Lilies or something. What was it called? I wish I could remember. <laughs> Somebody will know. But it had a bucking bronco. Yeah. Um, and you had a go on that? I think I did, yeah. Oh, no. But it was all. You, was this to impress the ladies as well? No, I just thought I went past there because it was open in the day, as I remember it. The Brooking Bronco machine as well. It was sort of two bars and Deville's and that next to it. People used to get injured all the time, you know, drunk <laughs> on this thing. It was ridiculous. No health and safety. But you clearly thought, I'll have a go. I had a go. I came straight off. <laughs> I did try horse riding when I was younger. And it, bol- it bolted off with me and threw me under a barbed wire fence. And that was it for me. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. That was the end of your career. On a horse, That's yeah. That's great. Yeah. I've remembered that club with the L. It's Lazy Lils. My next L is the song Lost in Music by Sister Sledge. Such a great song and it just feels beautiful. I remember being on tour going to America, had the best of Sister Sledge and the best of Chic and playing it on a Sony Walkman. And I had this one cassette, so it sort of burns into my brain. So when Mark said, right, right, lads, we're going to do Lost in Music, we're going to cover it for the next single or whatever. <laughs> I was delighted. Couldn't believe it. You know, he'd chosen that one. It's not a bad cover either, considering, you know, but what's the point of doing it exactly the same as the original? We had a couple of good uh, cover versions to fall. The Kinks, Victoria. Another good one was A Day in the Life by The Beatles, which were recorded down in Brixton. Near the Brixton Fridge, it was the studio. It was for some um, charity LP. It's good cover. I think it suits Mark, you know, it's kind of his style of singing. Was it only Mark that could choose the songs that you would cover? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was always about, you know, what Mark wanted, of course. You know, he was the fool. <laughs> we did another one, Popcorn Double Feature, but I hated that. Um, you, you know, I think he was a bit drunk when he sang on it, to be honest. But yeah, Day in the Life, it's, I think it's a great version. Proud to have played on that one. I think it did Space Oddity, but that was with just bricks during the making of, uh, the might have been the Light User Syndrome, another L there, towards the end of my uh, career with The Fall. It was a side project. And was he OK with you doing a side project with bricks? Y- yeah, yeah, because he, he kind of encouraged her bricks to do her own band thing. After all, that's how they met, you know, in Chicago. She had her own band back then, and Mark heard the demo tape. When she finally moved over here and got married, he encouraged her to do the adult net. She did the bricks and the extricated after that, and now she's doing a, uh, an LP I read with um, great producer Youth, apparently, she was saying, which is, she was destined to do, she says. The album she was destined to do, so good luck to her. So he was all about doing covers then, he didn't mind doing a cover? No, 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 he didn't. We did Mr Pharmacist, that was a cover. Ardeen Taylor? Yeah, There's a Ghost in My House. Yeah. So yeah, he didn't mind, did he? Sometimes the record company might have said, why don't you do this one? You know, 
maybe uh, Mark thought, oh, I quite like that. Yeah, why not? You know, when it was in the contract, we had to sell so many <laughs> records, do something people are familiar with, maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, it was down to Mark, for sure, what we did and when we did. So Lost in Music, even though you'd been listening to it a lot, you don't think you influenced him? Mark? Yeah, in picking that as the song to cover. Um, maybe I did. I don't know. I don't remember him saying, can I have a listen to what you're listening to anymore? <laughs> maybe you kept singing it and you didn't realise. Maybe. Maybe you could hear it. Because you can hear, you know, if you sat next to somebody on a bus, yeah. you can hear what it is sometimes, can't it's you? It's annoying. Yeah. My next L is a song called Lockdown in Longsight. Now, when the lockdown began in March this year, I've got a friend, Alia, who works at the university at Manchester, and she does, you know, the media and the blogs and all the rest of it. And uh, her mum's poorly. Ali was away somewhere, and she couldn't go out of the house, Alia's mum. So I went round with a couple of carrier bags full of M&S, you know, goodies for her, and dropped them off. But at the same time that day, there's a band called Max and the Stereo Films who are from Russia... I think they're from sort of St. Petersburg, I think. And I've played on a couple of their tracks remotely over the last two or three years. I met them at a polystyrene tribute gig in London. Great band. And they said, Simon, we'd like you to come up with some lyrics. I said, well, I'm not really a lyric writer, you know, I'm a drummer. And she was quite, you know, persistent. I said, well, what about a song title then? So I said, all right, I'll see what I can do and... That's when I went on this, uh, you know, shopping expedition to help out Alia's mum. I just thought, well, why not, you know, lockdown in Longside, it is then. I think it's going on an album. It was only in March, and they sent me over a, a, an edit of the song. It's kind of um, lockdown in Longside, you know, like a Russian <laughs> uh, sort of kraut rocky sort of thing. And it sounds a bit like Lloyd Cole and the Commotions. What? I'll tell you why, because uh, Craig Gannon's on guitar again. That's why. What a strange twist yeah. of fate. I know, wasn't it just? But, uh, yeah. I've, it's funny how the threads of your life all come back together at certain they, times. They do. I do like the song, actually. I've got to say. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure, Lloyd Cole and the Commotions, the band. You know, I quite like some of it. Oh, I love I don't Lloyd mind Cole. admitting it. Yeah. Well, I don't think you should mind admitting <laughs> it. It's not that embarrassing. You've said you like Jamiroquai. <laughs> I'm not saying I like, like him personally. Don't, don't try and back out now. It's on record. So, lockdown in long sight. Yeah. So we've all got to listen out for well, this. Well, hopefully, um, it'll be on YouTube or it's Max and the Stereo Films from Russia. This is excellent. This, do you know what this could have been? This could have been a Eurovision hit. We could have brought all the threads together. Well, I've, I've heard more. It's not. I wouldn't say it was gloomy because the guitar works so sparkly and uplifting. And that's what we need for Eurovision. <laughs> well, I remember that weird heavy metal thing that won it. Yes. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> My next L is Little Anthony. Sadly, no longer with us. He was a mover and shaker through all the periods of my musical life so far, right from when I was a teenager. And he was in Interstellar, and he was a vibe master. 
shaker player, tambourine player. He was the sort of Bez of Interstellar, wasn't he? Yeah, a bit like Rufy with Big Unit. He was the same, you know, vibes person. Only little guy. And Hence the name. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw him last year. Um, well, I was going to offer, offer him a lift to Stella's housewarming party out in Tobin, and I told you about. But he uh, declined that because Man City were in some final or other. And he decided to go to that. That was the last time I saw him. But he was always there, and he was, he'd, he'd be working behind the bar in the Hacienda or Gulliver's or it could be anywhere. It'd anywhere. Pop, it'd pop it, it, up. Exactly. And he was always dead pleased to see you. You know, he's quite sort of a intelligent guy. Really was, Anthony. And he kind of dressed quite hippie-ish. He used to have lots of beads and stuff you know, around his neck. But well-dressed, though. Well, he's, he's not been well for... A, he hadn't been well for a long time. He had a skin complaint. And finally got the better of him, you know, eventually. And I went to his funeral. It was absolutely packed out. It was. So many people. And we went to the cricket club after to raise a glass. It was good to see such a good turnout for him, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. I'm glad Stella came, even though she was late. <laughs> no, he was lovely, Anthony. He was a really nice lad. He was another one that always had a book with him. Was yes, always, he did. Always yes, reading. he did. Always reading. Yeah. But he loved his music. I did a radio show years ago and he came on. He was one of my guests. Did once. He? Yeah, and he brought in all his favourite records. Yeah. Oh, wow. He loved music, all forms of music. He was one of the uh, the Weeds crew too. You know, whenever we were doing gigs, he'd be there in some capacity. And I think he was in the Family Bazaar video. I think he was, you know, as, as the barman. He tended to turn up on most things, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And he seemed to know everybody. Yeah, he seemed to know what was happening all the time, even, you know, without... Without the internet or anything, he just seems to know. But uh, yeah, God bless you, Anthony. Okay, we need a soundtrack for L. What have you got? I've got the Commodore's Shotgun. The next one. My name is Eminem. Keep on running by Spencer Davis Group. Air, all I need and car wash Rolls Royce. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size A to Z of Manchester. Thanks for listening to Funky Size A to Z of Manchester. If you're enjoying this series, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.